Let the temple be filled with His glory. Let the courts be filled with His praise. Let us worship the Lord in the Holy of Holies. Zion rejoices again. Well, hello, everybody. This is Barry and Ruth Forthasol. I trust you've all had a great summer. And as we go into the fall, Ruth and I have done many podcasts, but this one is by far the most important ever that we have ever, ever done. And it is a fascinating podcast. So welcome to it. Some time ago, I heard someone make this statement. Behavior follows belief. And I thought about that, and that's so true. You take weight loss, if you believe that you want to lose weight, well, you have to do something about it. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. We know that we're living in very changing times, and our belief system, I believe, is more important today than it's ever been before, and I know that has really affected me. So what if I told you today that Almighty God has promised to heal our land? And that word means by divine intervention to cure like a physician if we do it his way. Now, I believe that. We live in two of the greatest countries in the world, the United States of America and Canada. And I want to play both the Star Spangled Banner for American friends and O Canada for our Canadian friends. And as we listen, if you can stand, I would suggest you stand because these two national anthems kind of say it all.
So, God keep our land. As I've mentioned, we all know that we live in a day of incredible change and uncertainty. But I have good news. There is an answer that will give us all hope. And even the Wall Street Journal said it best, and I'm going to get Ruth to read to you what the Wall Street Journal said. Who will save us now that the monster COVID-19 has broken free? The pandemic has humbled the country and the world and has opened up millions of eyes to this risky universe once more. Wall Street Journal goes on to say, for societies founded on biblical traditions, pandemics need not make for the end. This is a call for repentance and revival. Great struggles can produce great clarity. Now, one of the examples that I discovered was the story of King Hezekiah, whose countries were going through tremendous time, just like ours. So we're just going to give you a brief background. It's in chapter 13 in my book, Your Body is God's Temple. But honey, share what happened with King Hezekiah. Yes, King Hezekiah inherited his country from his father, who was totally anti-God. The country was in deep distress, and the first thing that Hezekiah did was to restore the nation to God. Prosperity and health returned to the country so much so that there were not sufficient priests to accept financial offerings. King Hezekiah is recognized in scripture as perhaps the greatest king ever. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened in our two countries and even in the world these days? Well, it is very, very possible. So God bless Canada and God bless the United States of America. Now, we all know that it's very important to understand your foundation, whether you're building a marriage or whether you're raising children or whether you're building a building. The foundation of what comes down the road, obviously, is very, very important. So I'm going to get Ruth to share just a brief history of the United States of America, who became a nation on July the 4th, 1776, and we've already sung their national anthem. So when George Washington became the first president of the United States, when the big day came, he called for prayer with his entire cabinet. <laughs> the words, so help me God, which are now used worldwide with the hand on, on it, the Bible, was introduced by either George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. Later that year, he introduced Thanksgiving Day as the day of prayer. The foundation of the USA later became even stronger. After being sworn in as president, George Washington invited all of Congress to walk with him to Trinity Church, now known as St. Paul's Church, in a two-hour prayer and worship service. Isn't that amazing? Now, this is a phenomenal story. As I understand it, and Ruth and I have been to New York, and we have seen St. Paul's Church, as I understand the story, the St. Paul's Church was the only building that was not destroyed by the horrific explosion on September the 11th, 2001. The story indicates that not even the window was broken. It was suggested that a sycamore tree protected some, protected St. Paul's Church. Now, when I read that, I did a lot of research, and I want to briefly tell you the story because it really relates to the concept of God doing something in healing our land. The sycamore tree is a symbol of strength and protection. 
St. Paul's Church was protected by a sycamore tree in my research. And again, it means strength and protection. In fact, the Oklahoma bombing in 1995 planted a sycamore tree outside after that terrible tragedy. It is now called the survivor tree. So after September the 11th, 2001, Tom Dashwood, who at that point was the majority leader in the U.S. Senate, read a verse from the Bible, Isaiah 9, 10. And Ruth's going to read that verse. Listen carefully now. The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Read that again, please. The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Now, I'm not sure whether Senator Dashwood knew what he was really saying here, but what they did after the tragedy of September the 11th, 2001, they brought a hewn or a granite stone, 20 tons, and that became the cornerstone of the new World Trade Center. And then the verse that Ruth just read said that they would replace the sycamore trees with cedar trees. That's exactly what they did. Now, you may want to call that coincidence. I don't. That verse was written about 3,000 years ago, and yet I find it hard to argue against what we have just read. So you decide for yourself. That's a little history of the U.S. Well, the history of Canada may not be quite as exciting, but Ruth will read just a little bit to you about the foundation on which Canada was built. I think it's very exciting. So in July of 1867, Canada became a democracy, which was formed under the British parliamentary system. The party that receives the most members of parliament forms the government. But like the USA, the fathers of confederation chose Bible verses as part of the foundation for the constitution. And the most famous verse is Psalm 72, 8. And part of that is embedded above the main entrance to the parliament buildings in Ottawa and is also in the coat of arms. St. Leonard Tilly, one of our founding fathers, chose this verse because he liked the word dominion. He will have dominion from sea to sea, which means to reign. So Canada's birthday used to be called Dominion Day. Now we call it Canada Day. But Psalm 72, verse 8 says, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. And a further look into this, there are 25 Bible verses spread throughout Parliament Hill in Ottawa, all over the place. It's just an incredible, incredible foundation. My main point is that Maybe it's time in our two countries that we give God a chance to heal our land. Nothing else seems to be working too well. So really, what have we got to lose? So I'm going to ask Ruth to close in prayer in just a minute, but I want to mention just a a couple of things. First of all, we're going to have another podcast because I want to share my dream with you. I want to share with you 
what has been on my heart on how we can have God heal our land. It's my dream. And Hudson Taylor said, dream a dream so big that if God is not in it, it will fail. C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to dream a new dream. John Maxwell said, remember, mass movements were not started by the masses. And I want to start a mass movement. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I just believe that we're at that point where we have to turn to God. That's the only answer. If somebody has a better answer, I'd like to know what it is. I have a big dream. And I'm going to share it with you on the next podcast. I don't want you to miss it. Hudson Taylor said, dream a dream so big that if God is not in it, it will fail. C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to dream a new dream. I want to start a mass movement. John Maxwell said, remember, mass movements were not started by the masses. You're going to hear the audio of an incredible video right after Ruth closes in prayer that will be made available to you at the appropriate time. And our IT man, Rod Jans, will give you that information. So I hope you've enjoyed this. It's, it's encouraging. I'm very, very excited. I'm more motivated than I've ever been for anything in my life. God can heal our countries. Honey, you close in prayer, and then we'll have the audio of this incredible video. Thank you, loving Lord, that today we can declare that the sovereign Lord is in charge. Lord, we bank on your goodness and your faithfulness because your word says that your compassions fail not. They're new every morning. And so we receive them from you. And we also know that the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. I pray for our dear friends who have joined us today on this podcast that you will meet their needs we, because you are the provider of all things and we bank on your riches for that provision. And Lord, we pray that the urgency that we feel for our globe today will be, uh, our hearts will be heard, our cry will be heard by you. The word also says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all our fear, my fears. And I pray that we will not be fearful, but that we will be armed as we continue in the, in the kingdom work that you have called us to. In your name we pray. Amen. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up. And he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here. And I fly a small airplane. And I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. 
and he started it up and it started up just fine well we taxied out i said should we pray he said yeah that's a good idea we normally don't i said well this time we're gonna <laughs> and i'm telling you i prayed five eight minutes i prayed a long time we went and got on the runway he starts down the runway the plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing and it's wonderful not a problem in the world we started climbing and we flew probably three four minutes and something happened that will never leave my mind the pilot turned to me and he said we're going in the clouds and i can't fly in clouds they make me pass out i said clouds make you do what <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day and we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything and he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold now i grabbed him and i shook him and i said come on you gotta wake up so i can kill you now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot and my friend in the back seat said we're dead aren't we i said there's a very good chance of that yes he said what are we gonna do i said i don't know but there was a radio right there and i handed him the microphone and i said start asking for help so he's in the back seat reaching up and he said hello hello we didn't know any proper radio etiquette all we were saying was hello and somebody answered back hello hello don't you guys know proper radio etiquette and i said give me i said tell we don't know nothing tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane the guy said i'm a freighter flying out of anchorage on the way to tokyo and he said you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you I said tell him that's correct now you can understand i am sweating bullets he said the first thing i'm gonna do is start circling so i don't lose you because i'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore and he said i'm gonna get anchorage emergency for you an Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm just my voice he said if you start watching the storm you will die but i'll take you through it now because they cleared all the traffic several pilots those nighttime freighters those 747 started talking to us they said we're praying for you men you're gonna make it 
but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. They knock at my door. I open the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy. Thanks for joining us on Solomon's Porch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about Barry's book and other resources, visit us at solomonsporchteaching.com. And if you want to see Chris Maynard's video that we played the audio for at the end of this podcast, visit us at solomonsportsteaching.com, click on podcast, and click on the podcast episode entitled, There's Hope for Our Nations. Take good care.